This is Marie Valindo. You're listening to the Archives Podcast, brought to you by the Resource Center at the Old Town School of Folk Music. In this episode, I'm excited to share some excerpts from a fantastic workshop on Appalachian balladry by Elizabeth Laprell and Anna Roberts-Javalt of the duo Anna and Elizabeth. They're some of the finest young singers in this tradition around today, and it was really a privilege to have them at the school. You might notice this is a bit different from our earlier series on the Armstrong family. In addition to in-depth projects like that and bite-sized series like the upcoming Five from the Archives, we'll also occasionally share some of the incredible educational programming going on at the school like this. So here's a taste of the workshop they conducted in the Old Town School's Maurer Hall on September 28th, 2015. My name is Anna Roberts-Chabalt. My name is Elizabeth Laprell, and we're going to be doing a workshop on, um, as you probably know, Appalachian singing. Um, neither of us are experts on the topic, but we do love it, and so we'll try to share that with you today. <laughs> um, and uh, we thought we would start with solo singing, and then we'll work our way to harmony singing in an hour and a half. Um, the First of all, do we all have a vague understanding of Appalachian, what we're talking about when we're talking about Appalachian music? Um, roughly is uh, the music from <coughs> Southwest Virginia, Tennessee. West Virginia, Tennessee, North, North Carolina, Western North Western Carolina, Carolina. East Kentucky. So it's kind of a little region that spans states, but it shares in common that they're in this particular range of mountains, the Appalachian Mountains. Um, where there's particular culture, many cultures, but, um, yeah. And a, you know, rich tradition of music that people like to wax poetical about, including <laughs> us, because um, we love it. Um, so we're going to start with um, a ballad, and about ballads um, in the Appalachian Mountains are mostly ballads um, from the British uh, and Scottish and Irish tradition that came to the mountains through oral tradition. And um, so, so that means some of them are very old and like 400 years old. Some of them are more new, but written in that style. So they might depict an event that happened in the mountains 150 years ago. Just to be clear, like sometimes we do these illustrations that we make together of ballads and then people are like, so what? People made these in the hills and it was a, it, it's not something that traditionally goes with the songs. We found it's a very useful like way it. of learning the songs because a lot of the singers talk about having this visual connection to these songs because there are a lot of words in them being ballads. Um, this is one we learned from a singer named Texas Gladden who is from a little place called Salem, Virginia. And uh, it's called The Devil's Nine Questions and it's an old riddle song. Maybe we'll get Elizabeth to sing it, and then we'll all sing it after that. Yeah, but and there is, a, there is a little chorus part which you're welcome to join on. Yeah. <clears throat> now you must answer my questions nine. Sing 99 and 90, or you aren't gods, you are one of mine. And who is the weaver's bonny? What is whiter than the milk? Sing 99 and 90, 
And what is softer than the silk? And who is the weaver's bonny? Snow is whiter than the milk. Sing ninety-nine and ninety. And down is softer than the silk. And I am the weaver's bonny. What is louder than a horn? Sing ninety-nine and ninety. And what is sharper than a thorn? And who is the weaver's bonny? Thunder's louder than a horn. Sing ninety-nine and ninety. And death is sharper than a thorn. And who is the weaver's bonny? Heaven is higher than a tree. Sing ninety-nine and ninety. And hell, what is deeper than the sea? And who is the weaver's bonny? Heaven is higher than a tree. Sing ninety-nine and ninety. And hell is deeper than the sea. And I am the weaver's bonny. What's more innocent than a lamb? Sing ninety-nine and ninety. And what is meaner than womankind? And who is the weaver's bonny? A babe's more innocent than a lamb. Sing ninety-nine and ninety. And the devil is meaner than womankind. And I am the weaver's bonny. Now you've answered my questions nine. Sing ninety-nine and ninety. So you are God's, you are none of mine. And you are the weaver's bonny. So that's the devil's nine questions. Song. Um, you might, uh, let's see. Weaver's bonny. So the words are on the front page of your handout. Um, yeah. Sing 99 and 90, I'm not sure, we're not sure what that means. Sometimes when a song is, you know, inherited over many years, it st stops making total sense. So <laughs> this part, we're not totally sure what the 99 and 90, I've read that there's a biblical reference, maybe. Right. And like, you're some, supposed to forgive your enemies nine times, 90 times. But that seems kind of a tenuous connection. And then um, I've also heard it sung, who is the wee bird's bonny? Mm. So again, that's kind of something you could imagine coming from a Scottish song and translating into American English and not completely. Um, but let's, so it's a pretty straightforward song, right? It's basically a list of riddles. Yeah, a set of images, basically. Um, and kind of the, the characters are kind of inferred. So you know from the title, it's the devil is one of the characters. And because they're his questions, it's not actually he's the one asking. Yeah. <laughs> and because we've interpreted the weaver's money, we figure that the other character was a lady. It's um, just our guess. That's just our guess. So let's, um, oh, oh. oh, and an important note. Um, so we, we learned this from a recording of Texas Gladden, and um, the words as she sing them, sings them are actually um, 
when the devil is speaking, he's, he says, who is the weaver's body? And then when the answer comes, oh, actually, he doesn't say who is the weaver's body. He says, you are the weaver's body every time. That leaves only eight questions. Right. And that, that might be a... seemed like a mistake to me. So <laughs> if you want to sing it as Texas Gladden did, like who I learned it from, then you say, what is whiter than milk, sing 90 to 90 to 90, what is softer than silk, and you are the weaver's bonnie. It's just you are every time As you can tell, it's very end. easy to get into the minutia very early yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> like, they haven't even learned it yet, Elizabeth. Okay, sorry, um, sorry. These songs, um, these ballads were sung solo almost all of the time. It's a solo singing tradition, so. And the older songs would also be unaccompanied. So um, you definitely hear versions and um, that would incorporate the banjo into ballad singing or the <laughs> fiddle or the guitar, but um, kind of earlier traditions, kind of the older forms meant that these songs were completely unaccompanied the way that um, they were back in the old country. It would, it would be just one voice. And uh, to us, the, the vibe is kind of a storytelling idea, almost more than a here's a pretty piece of music idea. Well, we were in Scotland at an unaccompanied ballad singing festival, and one guy, you know, we would take turns and, you know, you'd sing an unaccompanied ballad, and one guy just recited poems. Um, so that he's like, it's my turn, here's a poem. And so it kind of helped me understand wow, these ballads are really in the context of here's a story and almost like the singing, like you praise a good singer, but you also, the most important part are the words. Um, but I'd love to show just a short video to start to talk a little bit about what we think of as like what sounds Appalachian. It's stylistically. Uh, stylistically. And I uh, was visiting a singer named Ginny Hawker and we were talking about this and she made me watch a video of this guy, Roscoe Holcomb, and she's like, look at his mouth. Due to copyright, we're unable to play you the recording they shared at the workshop, but we encourage you to listen to it. It's a fantastic recording of Roscoe Holcomb. Um, you can find it on YouTube. We'll include the link in the episode description. I mean, none can... of us can sound like that, really. <laughs> it's, none of us can sound like each other, even. Exactly, but um, it's fun, it's kind of a cool exercise to try to figure out how is that, if you think really about your mouth as an instrument, how do you get that sound? So if you try this, which is what I did at Ginny's, we held on to the tops of our mouths so that it was stayed connected to our teeth. And you can just make a note, we'll just go, and you'll feel the Let's do like now you must answer my question sing 99 and 90 that little change, right? All of a sudden you're like, ooh, my voice is hanging out here. Instead of, now you must answer my questions nine. Sing 99 and 90, which is another great way to sing that song, if that's how you sound. Um, well, let's do another ballad. Great. Perhaps. <coughs> yeah, I'm not sure of that. So what do you want to call the Greenwood Sideo? 
or the Greenland Society, and that is on the second page. So this is another very old ballad that we learned from a Kentucky singer named Addie Graham. And this one, again, has a refrain. So this ballad is way more narrative than the last, and it's also way sadder and yeah. scarier as the ghosts within the story. And you might have heard of like Appalachian murder ballads before about how many, there are quite a few of these ballads that depict rather sorry events in human history. So the, the refrain is, I'll go da -da 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 -da, and then I'll sing all alone and lonely oh. That's too low. And we'll all sing all alone and lonely oh. And then I'll sing da 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 da. And then we'll sing down by the greenwood side oh. Down by the greenwood side You'll notice this version has gaps in it because the version of the ballad, which we learned, uh, has gaps in it when you compare it to um, the kind of older British versions. In the British Isles, they call this ballad the cruel mother. Um, often a ballad class turns into English class. <laughs> and um, you can talk a lot about the motivations of these characters and also why why would a song like this be passed on for over 300 years? So that's a lot of class too. Yeah, it's yeah. so a lot of individuals. <laughs> yeah, and so um, just a little bit about. So there are other versions of this ballad that kind of describe in greater detail how she kills her children, um, how she goes into the woods. Um, and that, uh, we did it in the illustration, but that after she kills her children, she is walking and sees two children playing at ball um, and starts to talk to them and then realizes they're the ghosts of her children. Which, from this version, you can only kind of infer that. Um, it's kind of, we kind of were attracted to singing a version that didn't quite have all of the leaves the things details. a little bit more vague yeah um and i it, you know to us it kind of reveals the events in a less linear fashion um it's a little more confusing and that that seemed narratively interesting to us so another part um yeah sorry i'm yeah. totally spread out Another part about that I love about ballad singing, and I'll do in the next song as well, is that these songs, you can't exactly tap your foot to them. You can make them so that you can. So it's not, it's, um, there was a woman lived in the dark, all alone and lonely. Oh, she fell in love with her father's clerk down by the greenwood side. Right? You can put it into a meter if you want. Um, but if you want to, like when you go home and want to, if you want to learn this and memorize this song, um, 
Try reciting it a few mm. times. Like, how would you time, there was a woman lived in the dark, all alone in Lolio. And you can sing, there was a woman lived in the dark, all alone in Lolio. Because you're trying to draw out that storytelling part of singing, right? So if you can say it as a poem, then um, you can learn from that way of timing. And that, that's the beauty of singing solo, really. Right. Like, people tell me, they're like, I'm really nervous to sing just by myself, but it's actually the easiest because you don't have to, you don't have to keep up with anyone or slow down for anyone, and you can hold things as long as you want. Right. Mm -hmm. It gives you a lot of freedom. Sort of ballad singing, sort of uh, related to Irish Shannon. It is. Exactly. Yeah. So if you've heard of Irish uh, Shannon singing, mm -hmm is like a freer form of Irish traditional singing. Um, it's precisely that. Um, and that tradition also has even more of an yeah. extension where you'll just hear people really stretching out phrases for a long time. Um, yeah, using a lot, a lot of ornamentation, which these particular bows we've chosen for today don't, don't have excitingly ornamented melodies in particular, but um, a lot of the a lot of the old ballads do, um, if, especially if you start researching. So, do you want to just do you want to sing through this one? <coughs> so, if you're not exactly with your neighbor, that's okay, depending on how you want to do the words. Um, but yeah, try to think of having your best storyteller mindset on. How are you gonna tell this story? Mm -hmm. There was a woman lived in the dark, all alone in Lolio. She fell in love with her father's clerk down by the greenwood side. She dressed herself in scarlet red.
I think she specifically mentions Elvis. Yeah. Can I read the yeah. quote? I love reading this quote. I always get a lot out of it. <laughs> um, so Almeida Riddle says, the ballads I do, you're not supposed to perform them. Let's call that traditional. A ballad or any kind of traditional song, especially what I call the classics, you have to put yourself behind the song. By that, I mean get out of the way of it. Present your story, don't perform it. Now Elvis Presley is a performer and a good singer, but how would it look with that twist to the Four Marys? The difference between our most popular folk singers and me, they do perform and put too much of themselves into it. I just get behind it. I don't want any of Almeida Riddle there. Let's get the picture of Mary Hamilton, the weeping betrayed girl before the public. And if your ballad is good enough, it'll hold them without anything that you do. You don't have to put any tricks to your voice or anything else if you sing it with feeling. I do believe a ballad should be sung with feeling and with understanding. You must feelingly present a ballad or a hymn or something spiritual. That's a great quote. It's is it a from good an article? Quote. It's, uh, it's from her book. Oh. Granny Riddle's Book of Ballads. So if you want to learn more about it. But she would, I've seen video, there's a great documentary about her as well. And you can see images of her. She like performed in this awesome bonnet. We'll turn, I think that's key. That's especially when you're learning a tradition of a place that's far away from you or where you live or where you grew up. But this idea like you don't have to put anything <clears throat> fancy into it. You just have to be understanding of right have feeling and about. understanding and it's you know I think only you can find your own balance between what is putting too much of yourself into it and singing it with feeling and understanding right. it's a little bit of a paradox of course yeah but that said we're gonna talk a little bit about the fancy things that people do put into some tricks singing you know which and a lot of them um, which have to do with ornamentation and the things that you hear stylistically and a lot of them, um, at least from as far as we understand, have emerged from a style of sacred singing that began in, again, in the British Isles and um, is a lined out form of hymn singing where the, the preacher or the pastor sings the line of the song and then the whole congregation responds in unison or at least in octaves. Um, and so here's, we can play the Scottish one so first. the only places it's still commonly practiced in churches today are on island in Scotland and East Kentucky. And you see far, very widespread. Check out the link in the episode description to listen to the two examples they played here. One of Scottish sacred singing and the other of American sacred singing. Yeah, so how it works, right, is the, um, in East <coughs> Kentucky they have these little small books. So they'll have like... 
And some of the churches really only have a work with like 10 melodies. Um, so everyone, it's like the preacher lines out the first words and then everyone joins and it is kind of improvised. It's a sense of like, oh, we're all kind of together and that the warbles, or you said warbles, mm -hmm. but what you said something Improvisation. Improvisation. Yeah. How those are kind of, you'll hear different people have different warbles and kind of as you're singing it, you can kind of develop different ways to get from one note to the other, other than just going, ha, ah, ah. ha. You can go, eh, ah, or whatever, as an exaggeration. But um, you'll hear different singers have slightly different ways of, because you have a lot of time with each note and each transition, right? Yeah, this sung really slowly, as you can tell. Long, long phrases. So we like to lead uh, Amazing Grace in the style. Of course, we, again, this is church music. Uh, a lot of the preachers who I've met who do this um, talk, you know, they talk a lot about how they ask God to help them lead the congregation. So. With that in mind, that you know, we're just gonna try this um, thing that people do in their church. So let's. Um, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. couple times so you so you zone out so much yeah it's so a very different, different than experience of singing than like even you know like everybody you know like <laughs> it's a very different experience of singing what singing together can mean um uh and and what way you know different ways that you can meld with a group um and still be, be kind them. of walking your own Path, but just alongside. So a lot of singers um, that we, like Roscoe Holcomb or 
Ralph Stanley. Ralph Stanley. It's probably the most famous example of someone who grew up in a church singing in that style. style. So that's kind of where a lot of those little ornaments were developed, or you know, at least kind of held on to. Um, the those singers from East Kentucky have met the singers from Scotland at a conference. I saw a video of it, and the people in East Kentucky still talk about that, and they have this, it's really cool, they, they have this like, kind of, I don't know if it's newfound, but they have this total understanding of like, this is our most ancient tradition here. It's like, this is something that you can, it, we sound the same as we sound in Scotland, and it's really true. Um, but it's kind of amazing um, to, to, to hear. Oh, it's that particular one is called the Indian, Indian Bottom, Bottom Church, yeah. um, but it's the style of Baptist is the Old Regular Baptist um, Church, and, and there's a great the style of singing is called Lined Out Hymns, hymnody. and you can um, listen to it. Uh, there's a Smithsonian Folkways compilation, like collection, that that recording is from, um, yeah. called Lined Out Hymnody or something like that. Yeah, it's called Old Regular Baptist Lined Out Hymnody from Southeastern Kentucky. Yes. They're good with their titles. <laughs> but yeah, if you're interested. Yeah, that. And that church, actually, if you are so interested, you want to go, that church has been really open to um, non believers, really. Like, they, uh, yeah, kind if of being, you're just interested in the singings. Which is um, not always very true welcoming. if you're interested in sacred music. But they've been really like, wow, people are really interested in this tradition and this music. and. Um, at least when I was living in East Kentucky, they had a Thursday, once a month, Thursday singing that wasn't church. So it was at a church, but it wasn't, did not have a sermon in it. Um, kind of just to sing. So. Well, that song, uh, Amazing Grace of New Britain, is in the Sacred Harp, of course. Right. Um, so I, I just came back from a weekend of singing yeah. the Sacred Harp. So if you, have you heard Sacred Harp singing? Do you want to just play a short clip? Sure. We won't do any sacred harp. It feels almost like a topic unto itself of yeah. southern singing and um, we'll, uh, sacred harp say. singing. Which is Where's the oldest American like music, but well, now I they're singing it in Europe. <laughs> well, I don't know how, the, we could talk for a long time about what's the most American music. I would say Native American music is the most well, American music. <laughs> but uh, sacred harp music is a for, another form of church singing, um, and that's mostly practiced in uh, in churches still uh, in this one's good nice. um, in like kind of Alabama, North Georgia, but was more widespread at one time, um, and it's four part harmony singing that you sight read. Check out the link in the episode description to listen to this example of sacred harp singing. So clearly, you can just look this up on YouTube. Yeah, how do you learn this music? Well, so the first thing, <laughs> we learned how to Google it. Um, that's something kind of as I was, like, you know, looking at my video of Roscoe Holcomb and seeing his mouth. That's something like as, you know, if you think of uh, your favorite singer or harmony singers together, you can totally YouTube them or better yet, see them live and watch. Like, I've never told how they stand. Yeah, you're like, how do... What do Gillian, how do Gillian Welch and David Rawlings' mouths match or not match? How do, and you can just think of how do Simon and Garfunkel's mouths match or not match? And how does that contribute to 
I mean, obviously they're different people with different bodies, um, but there's probably some element of control that they're mm -hmm. doing to make sure, like it wasn't like all of a sudden Simon met Garfunkel and they're like, we sound amazing together. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect, no changes needed. They probably made, they're making some sort of compromise in singing to, with each other, I'll betcha. For me it was also important to like, to kind of tune into how she was breathing almost. Mm -hmm. You know, like what notes? So, so we kind of like both inhale at the same, yeah. not just time, but amount, you know, to kind of mm. through the phrase the way you wanted to match it. And volume. Volume, yeah. That's, that's key is like who, you sing really differently with this quiet singer versus a loud singer. Yeah. I should know with the lights here all the time. Okay. Okay, we have 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Is it 20 Wait, minutes? It's time for, for three parts. I yeah. So I think we could do two three part harmonies. What? <laughs> I'm ambitious. Because I think we is could it, do Lonesome Is it that night one and that one? one? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Okay, we're going to do some Stanley Brothers. So um, Ralph Stanley and his brother Carter Stanley. Amazing. Amazing. Check out the link in the episode description to listen to this recording of the Stanley Brothers performing Lonesome Night. Are you hearing? Sometimes the hard, highest part is the easiest one for me to hear. Like punching out above everything. Lonesome night and far from home. teach everyone all the parts but if you who wants to be the third part the high, the high that part we just this learned. very high part okay Sweet. so that's team team Ralph <laughs> so okay we got that part cool let's think about how the middle parts are harder to decipher from each other but I think we both we know them yeah so yeah. one of the other parts is uh, this would be the in the middle, so top, middle, low, we're in the middle now. On some night and far from home. Ah. Uh. 
Lampard, who's who's left? The low. Is anyone left? Just sing the low part. Low. All right. Is it, any volunteers? Yeah. <laughs> On a lonesome night and far from home, I heard a mournful sound. The girl I love is calling me. She So we'll have the high part, the Ralph, Team Ralph here. I don't know which part is Team Carter. Yeah. The team, middle part here middle. and the part we just learned will go over here with me. You guys want to do that? Sure, yeah. Um, Elizabeth is the low part, middle part, high part. So let's go over each part one more time by itself. So you
They're kind of I don't in even really know these the guys' is. range. <laughs> yeah. By the pale moonlight, we quarreled one night. Anyone can try it. Our hearts were young and free. I left her there alone at night. I thought she was too tired in me. Everybody. On a lonesome night and far from home, I heard a mournful sound. The brothers they do a lot of the same things over and over and over and over again so if you like that um, yeah what you can just listen and usually again the Ralph part is the high part is easiest to decipher so you just have to listen and say this time I'm listening for the high part listening for the high part listening for the high part you can like pause stuff sometimes to really like oh what's that high note what's and try part? to sing along um, and slowly kind of decipher, be like a student of the recordings. Yeah, and then so at a certain point, you can just make up whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's always that. We're going to end with one, and we don't have time to totally teach a harmony, but we could 
just sing it because it's another, I think, Stanley Brothers song. And we don't have words for it in your packet because but it's you, one that you learn, you'll pick up. You'll, okay. So we'll just start singing it. I'm going to stay standing because I just feel zazzed. Yeah. And you right. can do whatever you want. You can stand or sit. Is it low, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Right and morning stars are rising. Bright morning stars are rising. Bright morning stars are rising. Day is a breaking in my soul. Oh,
Give a little, take just a little. Sometime let your heart bleed a little, but baby, that's the glory of love. This has been The Archives. I'm your producer and host, Marie Valindo. Special thanks to Resource Center Director Colby Maddox. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to The Archives podcast in the iTunes Music Store. For more information about classes, concerts, and other programming at the Old Town School of Folk Music, visit www.oldtownschool.org. Thanks for listening. Each other's arm, baby. Now win just a little, lose just a little. Sometime had a blues a little, but baby, that's the glory of love. This is for you guys <laughs> in <Hey> Radio baby. <laughs> Land. <laughs>